recording, so when you're ready, guys. Hello and welcome to Leadership of Films. Uh, this is a very special episode where we are wrapping up uh, just the films of the decade because we are reaching the end of this fabulous decade. Well, what, what would you say? Colin is with me here and I'd like your advice, Colin. What are we calling this decade? Uh, obviously, the previous decade was the noughties. Uh, I don't think anyone's really found a successful... It's confusing, isn't it? Because the teensies? You'd, you'd like to say the teensies, but what do you do with 2011? And you ignore them. They're the tween... You just never talk about them. Yeah. No. The tweensies and the teensies all bunched together yep. in a nice, neat decade. You know, Rick, I also thought every ep- episode is a special episode. I think if I listen back to the last 10, yeah. you've introduced them as a special episode each single time. They're no longer so special. Yeah, right. Well, I, that's good feedback, Colin. Uh, I do need that. To me, they are special. <laughs> I feel like every time I get in here, something amazing is happening. We're talking to submarine commanders. We're, we're talking about the best films of the decade. To me, I think about what we're doing and I get excited. But if you're listening to them back to back and you're like, he always says it's special. You know what? I've got to mix it up. This is a run-of-the-mill episode of Leadership <laughs> of Films uh, where we talk about the best films of the past 10 or so years. Uh, And we've got a bunch of people here to give their viewpoint uh, on what were the standout films of the decade. Uh, Colin, just run us through who's joining us here in the studio today Well, for this um, very plain episode. (laughs) That's right. Uh, Again, reminding everyone this is an audio format, mainly reminding myself. But to my right, I have Carl Sperling. And Carl um, plays a very important role in leadership of films because... January of this year, yep, we were sitting, early, where were we? Aries Inlet, we're, Anglesey. Aries Inlet. Yep. We've got a, a lot of international <laughs> listeners. We're down on the Great Ocean Road, um, Victoria, Australia. And we. you said to me, this is a gem of an idea. Mm. Do you remember what you said? No, you, you remind <laughs> me. You said leadership, forget leadership of fools. Leadership of films is potentially will dominate the marketplace. I think I, and I probably told you that it was, uh, it was your springboard to be the Bill Simmons of Australia, which I know is your ultimate aspiration. In, That's uh, right. In, in so if you don't know who Bill Simmons is, uh, check him out. He is a bit of a hero. Podcasting hero. Podcasting hero. And uh, directly, as I point, uh, point my head directly across the table. It's important that you understand the table the geography, geography for this of. podcast. <laughs> it's it's laid out for us, Colin. And this is something Bill Simmons does. He now has his daughter on a podcast yeah, yeah. and his wife was on a rewatchables most recently. And I have my uh, 17 year old son, Will, Will Beatty. Uh, welcome to you. G'day, g'day, g'day. Good, good. Didn't mess that up. You, you probably Making thought it was debut. special being invited here. Now you just find out he's trying to get I his know. Bill Simmons on. <laughs> Ripping off Bill Simmons, dad. Come on. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, now I'm, yes. I'm, I'm just I a pawn in his game to yeah. make his way up the... The Bill Simmons Ladder podcast leaderboard. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's everyone needs a role model. That's yeah, okay. that's exactly right. And we also have uh, Amanda, who's Amanda Buckley's in the background somewhere, not on mic, but will be on mic. But if I soon. speak loudly, you might be able to hear me. She's and got her our, internal microphone ready to go. That's right. And our wonderful producer, Matt. Yep, I'm here too. And that's everyone in the room. That's that's, that's, that's everyone in the room. Uh, we nailed it. Uh, well done, Colin. You've You've name-checked everyone who's here, and we appreciate that. But it is time to get into uh, the best films of this decade. Uh, who wants to kick us off? We're go- Are we doing sort of a countdown, like 10 to 1 sort of situation? Oh, I, I so. couldn't even rank these. So you're just going to sort of name 10 films? Name 10 no films? Order, I'm happy with that. I'm if, happy with if that. Someone, if someone wants to rank them, I've, 
Colin loves a ranking. I'm going. Dad I'm going, I'm going to rank him. He's always ranking I'm, me I'm and Rose. <laughs> Could you rank everyone in this room right now? <laughs> no. From favorite to, most favorite to least favorite. Rick, you know how difficult this was for me just uh, doing this alone. For those who like to rank, let's start with your tenth favorite film of the past decade. Colin, kick us off. The Florida Project. Now that might be a, oh, a couple of nods. Thank you. Um, You've gone pretty niche, though. I've I like this. A little niche. Sticking uh, away from the mainstream. Willem Dafoe, uh, a filmmaker, Sean Baker, who. Uh, has uh, someone absolutely to watch. And this, I'm not going to go too much into detail, but oh my goodness, this film was such a surprise to me. Still think about it, about people living in poverty under the backdrop of Disney World. Oh, nice. Yeah. Really check it out. Low budget, but very, very powerful. You can't go wrong with a better Willem. Bit of Willem. Willem oh, Dafoe. Hits me right. They yeah. sort of had to make it low budget if it's about poverty. It's very... It's, it's <laughs> yeah. kind of... It'd be too ironic to make a, a big blockbuster spend like hundreds of millions of dollars <laughs> and just showcase poverty. Yeah, that's right. Much better to do that on a budget. Carl, you don't have a 10 because you've only got nine. Is no, I've, right? ad- I've added one in. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, I've, I've slotted in something at number four. So we're, we're pushed out to number 10 it's now. It's called The Florida Project. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, no, number 10 is The Descendants. Ah. Uh, from family themes, you know, George Clooney, uh, but set against so sort of a, a, a drama with a lot of um, a lot of Hawaii, sort of, but yeah, but set yeah, against yeah. The, the perfect backdrop of Hawaii. So that sort of um, you know mismatch, I suppose, of, of drama and sadness and so on against this beautiful backdrop was a. It's a, it was a sort of a quiet film, but I, I really liked it. It was George um, Clooney sort of putting himself in a different mood uh, than, than people were used to. I remember uh, The Descendants was kind of George Clooney shaking off the standard George Clooney vibe and giving a little something different. I think moody is the right word, Rick. It was a moody film. Yeah. And uh, yeah, not, it sort of crept up on me. I, I didn't like it. To be honest with you, I didn't like it as much the first time I saw it as the second time. But I gave it another run and it really, really grew on me. So if you've only seen the film once, you're selling yourself short. Go so it's like whack the, it on again and see how you feel. It's like the great albums, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. First listen. The first listen. Never, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's exactly what it was. Oh. Yeah. And Will, um, you don't have it. This no, is no particular order from Will. Yeah, I know. This is... This is just one of the 10 films this that This is one of the 10 films, Dad. So <laughs> let's get this out there. Now... You're joking me if you don't got a bit of Tarantino on the list. And, you know, you can go of one of three options. You can go Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but, you know, too recent, too fresh in the mind. You can go a bit of Hateful Eight, bit resonant, but haven't haven't revisited it for a while. Oh, you know what it is. You guys already know that I've chucked a bit of Django Unchained on the list. Oh, Oh, Jamie Foxx. Two two and a half hours, Jamie Foxx, Christoph Waltz. Leonardo DiCaprio all killing it, killing it, like literally killing. They, were, they are literally <laughs> absolutely slaughtering <laughs> uh, everyone in the film. Yeah, just, you know, it's a two and a half hour runtime and like, you know, that can be a bit daunting, but like you come in and there's For like kids these days, two and a half hours. Oh. There's not a minute of that movie I would take out. Every scene, you know, is exciting or has emotionally character resonant moments and you know it's just and yet you've only ranked at number 10 will that's oh, so unbelievable we have got Wait, so much to get number one guys and i happen to know that that's jerry seinfeld's favorite tarantino film so you really? can't get much oh. better than that you can't get a greater All right. and he's it's a gazillionaire there. it's up there you a tarantino film are a you fan are you tarantino i love pulp fiction um oh, come on mate obviously um i'm not a i'm not a i'm not a sort of as, as big a fan as some but but am a fan mm. Very good. He's managed to squeeze Pulp Fiction into the list of films. 
that exist. Yes. And we appreciate that. We appreciate that. Uh, That's look, another episode. Every film that exists. Yeah. <laughs> yeah right. We're just going to talk about films that are films uh, for a little while until the clock stops. Um, so, look, we're off to a good start. These are uh, That's a variety of films. You can't deny that each one of those is was a film. One of three films. <laughs> That's right. Uh, so let's move on. Number nine on some people's lists and just another film on Will's list. Uh, Zero Dark Thirty. Mm. Catherine Bigelow. The, about the hunt for uh, Osama Bin Laden. Oh, no, that makes sense. And uh, quite controversial now. In fact, uh, a lot of... Americans actually uh, believe that film portrayed um, uh, torture in a particular way. And uh, anyway, it's still a very powerful film. Jessica Chastain was amazing in in it and um, something I've revisited a couple Mm. of times. You're getting edgy, Colin. I like that. You've thrown that in the list just to get tongues wagging. Well, I must admit these two, 10 and 9, sat in a category where there was a whole lot of films that could have been in. Mm Mm-hmm. The next is what I call the mid-tier, and then I've got the certainties as the top four. And, of course, every May, Colin, we enjoy it when LeBron James calls out that he's going zero dark 30, which means he goes off social media. Does he? In preparation for the NBA. How come I don't know this? In preparation for the NBA finals. Ah, that's 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 zero dark 30. That's for him, zero dark 30. I love it. You're learning. I'm learning. This is an educational podcast now, Colin. Really broadening your horizons. All right, Carl. Uh, Number nine nine for me is 500 Days of Summer. Ooh, a little rom-com with a twist. Well, as I've got my notes here, Rick, a a romantic comedy, which is relentlessly dark and sad. So it's not a comedy. uh, It's a comedy, but not a romantic comedy. It was a, yeah, it was a, it was a rom-com that sort of led everyone who who enjoys rom-coms down the path where you're like, oh yeah, we, we understand this is going to end happy and we're going to enjoy this. And then it just is like, didn't give you anything that you're expecting. You're like, oh. Until the very, very end when he meets Autumn and it sort of starts to pick up a bit. uh, Are we allowed to do spoilers in? uh, I think that. For a 2009 film, we're probably okay. Out. We're probably okay. Yeah, if you haven't right. seen it yet, you've, you're probably never going to. What, what year did you say? 2009? Oh. Yeah. It's well, out of scope. 2019, <laughs> where I, I applied, oh, some, I applied oh. some... I applied some rubbery numbers to the, to the uh, maths there. But so. honestly, if anyone is listening, do discount that. It is not... <laughs> a, it, that, that film is not canon. It's not canon for this podcast. And I also uh, wanted to introduce... It's a legal it, entry. Is famously on the internet known to be, and this is important for me, Yes, it's the ultimate INTJ film. Ah. For, for the Myers-Briggs fans out there. Yeah. Because... Well, I think um, that would that would be too much of a spoiler. I All think. Right. Come on. Yeah. All right. yeah, we don't want to be spoiling this illegal entry into this list. <laughs> That's right. You've brought this podcast into disrepute, and uh, shame on you. After ten minutes of yeah, the first no, episode, the second film on the list is already like I didn't too put controversial. The, like I didn't put the Bourne Ultimatum in from two thousand seven. <laughs> uh, my my favorite film of the decade, Godfather. Godfather. <laughs> I just that's just when I watched it. I watched it sometime in the decade. It yeah, counts. Uh, Will, just All right. pick, a, pick a film. Uh, let me know in this room who has seen Dar of Wimpy Kid Roderick Rules. Uh, yes. Uh, Amanda. Dar of Wimpy Kid Roderick recommend? Rules. Recommend? I recommend. Not only do I recommend. Now, what might seem just a silly children's movie, I would say that this is a deep, dark character study into the mind of a of a very self-absorbed egomaniac Mm -hmm. that they really break down the psyche of this, uh, you know, 13-year-old child who uh, not only is a wimpy kid, I would say he's an evil kid. Mm. Uh, He, uh, you know... Was it foreshadowing Trump's presidency? I reckon. I I think Dara Wimpy Kid had a very big play 
in the 2016 American election. Uh, you know, just breaks down this character's relationship and how he just treats every person in his family as if they are, again, pawns in his game to get them where they want to be, much like my very own father. Yes. Uh, they, hey, I think we're going down a different path here now. I know. I don't know. I'm not even talking about a film anymore. Yeah. This is just the therapy session. Dark Roderick Rules. Check it out. Lock Check it, it out. Oh, that's very, very good. High praise and also psychologically traumatic by the sounds <laughs> of it. All right, well, they're there. actually good films. I do enjoy those. Hey, films. the first Diary of a Wimpy Kid film with that dance scene with the mum and everything. Oh, How's that? A bit of intergalactic. That was oh, incredible. You're joking me. You're that, joking that me. Was, you don't like that. That was, that was an amazing, one of the best YouTube clips of all time. <laughs> Three minutes of pure joy. Uh, we are rocketing along now. Number eight on the list, Colin Mad Max Fury Road. Ooh. Good choice. Got that Solid on mine. choice. Oh, uh, you got uh, yeah. So when we have crossover, oh, we, crossover. we can, we yep. can, uh, we can t- what number check. was that one on your list? This is the first multiple Dad, entry. The- you should know that my list is a it mass. Does not, not, yeah. It's not a ranking. It's How not a ranking. Often? It's almost like you don't hear your son. No. <laughs> and he has repeatedly said yeah. it's been. What is it with the Beaties and Fury Road? I the tell backbone you. of this podcast has been that you guys have ranked it, and Will just has a mass of films that is unranked, and yet you refuse to acknowledge your son's. Uh, preferences in this matter shame on you Fury Road I remember going into the cinema with absolutely the lowest expectations of all time Mm -hmm. I thought that that always helps that series was done and dusted Uh, there was no way that ad could come back and I rank that Mad Max Fury Road edition as the best of all Mm -hmm. and incredible masterclass in creating a world that was so not reliant on um, digital, just beautifully choreographed Co- action. Just oh, incredible! Non-stop adrenaline-fueled. High octane. Miller, you know the real director. stunts, relentless, yeah. mm. simple, powerful story. Amazing color palette. Amazing, mm. I would say as well. Underrated. Yeah. Underrated part of the film: the color palette. Yes. Completely that, storyboarded. Yeah, no scripts. No scripts, storyboards. And you can tell because yeah, it's really. so visually striking. And the narrative, you know, you can give it or t- leave it or take it. But just that, those visuals, you know, you, they're absorbing. You could watch it with no audio, actually, but you couldn't because the music is so good as well. You know? You'd be robbing yourself. You'd be robbing yourself. Can I, can I, sorry. I just wanted to, you were talking about the visuals. Uh, the whole thing was framed. So the action is the center of the frame, every single shot. So no matter how chaotic it is, it's always your focal points, the center of the frame. Wow. So it keeps that, you know, high octane thing, but you can always follow it. Because, because of that, so much going on. my apologies for going rogue. Going no, back no, to my box. Yeah, when you're, when you're, Rick, we've completely lost control. No, I love it. When your highly qualified sound engineer is in, <laughs> is immersed in the visuals of something, you know, it must the visuals must be very good because normally he doesn't see a damn thing. He's just listening. It's all sound to him. But, but um, also, when George Miller created the first Mad Max, it yes. was intended to be a silent film. Ah, so he shot it. They only it's just uh, cheaper. Yeah, they only. Uh, it was that was his vision for that film. Wow, amazing. Um, so that's our first film that it has multiple list entries. Uh, it has got but not two for you, Carl. I'm not. A, I'm not a multiple on that one. But my number eight is Silver Linings Playbook. Mm. Again, another fam- rom com. Family, where you going? Yeah, I like, you like a dark rom com. I was where... going to say I don't see it as a comedy, but oh uh, come on, uh, I laugh nonstop. <laughs> I, I do find human frailty funny. I was going to say one of my mates said the same thing, and I've never looked at him in the same way again. <laughs> what, what is funny about that film? But, uh, <laughs> 
fam- family issues, mental health. But I really like it actually. That's a great film. Not only that, it's yeah. it's the only film on my list that doesn't star a sort of a middle-aged white male. So I think that Jennifer Lawrence did a fantastic job there, mm. and uh, up against some up against or with some great actors that she really holds her own and in fact you know leads the pack. So. Yeah. yeah, amazing. Middle-aged white men, am I right, guys? Mm. All you guys here, you, you, you go. Yeah, yeah. Laugh louder, Amanda. We we need <laughs> we need we need your input. <laughs> uh, no, we do have the youth vote as well. Will, you've got a film. Uh, Mad Max. Mad Max. Oh, that's, oh, right. Oh, yeah. that's true. All right, I guess. Now back to you, Colin. Uh, this film is the saddest film I've ever seen, except for 1970s version of The Champ. Um, Which is on Carl's list. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Manchester by the Sea. So uh, Kenneth Lonergan. Another comedy. Uh, Loved it. A wonderful comedy. Oh my goodness. (laughs) That that film. Is it Casey Affleck? Yeah, Casey Casey Affleck Affleck, and Michelle Williams. And I rank their scene, and I don't believe this is a spoiler alert, but their scene when they interact on the streets together as the greatest scene of the decade. Ooh, so, oh, my Lord. Wow. Yeah. So, Michelle Williams, underrated. Oh, not, uh, not in my book. <laughs> not in my book. Rated very, very high. She just highly. flies under the radar. She's just churning out nonstop good stuff. Yeah. Uh, every role she does. If anyone's seen um, Fosse Verdon. Oh, I love uh, Fosse Verdon. The, the season the that's season, oh, yeah. recently it. come out. She was immaculate in that film. Just uh, series. series. Not yeah. watching a film. Yeah. Yeah. Everything's a film to me. Yeah. That's how I watch things in film size portions um so that's number seven that's number seven number seven on your list carl okay so now we get from the decade or are you still playing with well that's a good question as well so it's uh (laughs) it's sort of didn't start in the decade but i think it ended in the decade Ah. so we've got before midnight uh the the third in the link later series before sunrise before sunset and then before midnight again just uh just three great films and i think that the continuation of that story and the I, I want I never want that series to end exactly I want them to just keep revisiting I, I presume they're going to you know send one, put one out in the next couple of years so I cannot get enough of that series yeah, yeah. it just can I say it's very very tough watch though if you are of that era oh, which we are well I don't really it is though. don't you no. as in no, but... I couldn't watch it with Narissa without kind of looking away a couple of times like it's pretty pretty honest yeah, yeah, that lengthy scene in the middle that you're probably talking about—that's sort of the, I guess, the argument scene mm. between the um, the couple. Yep. Um, but again, just the as to Rick's point, yeah, you know, just the continuation of that story from you know, the backpacking years mm-hmm. through to the uh, sort of uh, French, you know, the Paris episode. Yep. And, yeah. What would they name the next one though? Because it's. Amanda says they are not going to make no. another one, and oh. Amanda, Amanda would know. Just interviewing the other. I read an article about them. Oh. This is all fair, so it shouldn't be on, but they're not making another one. Oh. Oh. Disappointing. Dear, right <laughs> We can talk them into it. Start yeah. a, let's start a petition. Yeah. Hey, well, you wait till the number six item. There'll be a deeper discussion on that. Uh, all right. And we'll throw, us a, throw, all throw right. a film at us. All right. Now, it broke my heart that the greatest film of all time, The Dark Knight, just didn't make the cut. 2008. Oh, that's Carl okay with me. You can, you can, yeah. It's on his list. <laughs> it's number one. So... <laughs> I racked my brain. How can I pay tribute to, you know, what a great filmmaker, what a great Christopher film. Nolan? Old mate Nolan. Mm. Uh, you know, I was considering putting The Dark Knight Rises, the sequel in, uh, which did make the 2010 cut. But, you know, I think the only reason that film works as well as it does is because of the amount of, like, how much you've come to care about the characters from the previous film. 
So on its own, it doesn't work as well as maybe the other films do. So I went for... So in good conscience, you couldn't put it on I the list. I just couldn't do it. Will's got Couldn't bring myself to do that. it. So I went with Inception. Yeah, boy. Uh, Christopher Nolan, you know, such... Again, such a visual filmmaker. This movie is another one where the characters and the story is really interesting and really great. Um, but even more so the visuals and the practical effects and just... And the visual effects as well, they all come together to create such a visually striking uh, piece. Um, you know, just... What can even be said? Uh, it also pioneered the uh, the booming bass brown note uh, as uh, the cornerstone of the, of the soundscape. Ah. Of the <laughs> it's an incredible film, except, can I just say, I think it somehow lacks heart. Oh, Your come face on. lacks heart. There, I said it. <laughs> oh, thank you. I've got, I've got a couple of acknowledgements. You acknowledge that too. Yes. Oh, no, I, I, no, I was just laughing at Rick. Oh, right. <laughs> Jeez, I don't. Which, in its own way, is an acknowledgement of your. <laughs> yes. I think, yeah, maybe the characters being interesting is a overstatement, but the narrative is such an interesting, you know, concept. Th- something that's never been done before. The idea of you know entering dreams. It was very. It was an in, interesting in a piece. sci-fi kind of heist uh, context. It got a little bit lost in itself. I think a lot of people can agree. They went almost too deep into the dream, uh, and did they come back? We'll never know. Uh, but there is also an acknowledgement that it is on the list, partly because of uh, the Dark Knight couldn't be. The Dark Knight so it's, couldn't it's be. Kind of the Dark Knight would be here <laughs> if. Uh, so if it, it didn't. Was need it, it needed. It's it's there almost on its own merit, but with a little help from the Dark Knight, just to yeah, nudge yeah. it into the list, uh, and that makes good sense to me. Uh, we are rocketing along now. Give us another one, Colin. We're up to number six? Seven. Six. Six. A Ghost Story. Starring Patrick Swayze in one of his greatest <laughs> roles. Uh, I mean, it's not part of the decade, but I, I admire that film. And moving on, come. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're still in the link later. Um... <laughs> we we oh, moved on. No, I would like to know more no, about sorry. the oh, very Very story. quickly, A Ghost Story, uh, again, probably quite underseen and in incredible meditation film on time the existence of time and how time works mm. and grief and uh i just have seen something now that i look at this list Uh-oh. manchester by the sea and a ghost story side by side they're both really depressing films and they both star casey affleck well you're really mm. going to, through some dark stuff yeah casey affleck's always dark and in time mm. casey affleck signs up to a project you know that it's going to explore the dark side of the human soul mm. that's all he's interested in he's he's suffered something I don't know what he went through, with Casey Affleck. You're a big Casey Affleck fan. I don't. Is he's on the list? He's on the. List. There you go. All right. There you go. We've heard. That's why he's so dark because but he's he's on the he's on the. Are we separating we have the art from the artist? Uh, well, that's a whole other conversation. But we have all agreed here and now uh, on the advice of Amanda, Casey Affleck cancelled. Cancelled. All right. So I've just lost six and seven. Now. <laughs> Huh? You gotta, you gotta go with the times, Colin. Yeah, right, right. update That's your list. Fair. So That's num- fair. number six to me, still with Link later, is uh, the absolute masterpiece of Boyhood. Mm. And uh, as Colin and I, you know, probably had our at the start of the decade, our both of our sons were sort of seven or eight, eight years old, seven years old, which yes. is the age that that film starts, and we've sort of watched them uh, yes. go through this last ten years. And I watched that film with my son, absolute masterpiece, about three, a bit over three hours, maybe three and a half. But the final scene in the, when they go the making. when they go out uh, into the into the wilderness, the, the, the four of them yeah, absolutely right. amazing. Oh, it's an incredible feat of filmmaking, and mm. um, he's just a patient think, fellow, isn't he? He's, he's very patient. patient. 
long uh, long range vision. That's and what stru- yeah, sure I think I think I talked about time just before. I think yeah. that's what he is all about. So yeah, whether yeah, it's yeah. dazed and confused, which is twenty four hours, versus Boyhood, which is twelve years, or beyond versus the Beyond films, which are the, yeah, the, the before and before, the before films, films. Are decades. Yeah, 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 fabulous. Mm. Lay one um, on us, Will. Will, just before you do, Will, I'm curious. Hold, hold tight, yeah. Will. Boyhood. <laughs> I don't know that that film resonated for oh, you. Oh, well, Dad, you showed it to me when I was very young. <laughs> right. uh, I didn't really quite comprehend what was going on. I think you'd like, like it now, Will, honestly. Yeah, yeah. I reckon I'll yeah. give it another okay. shot. Yeah. I right. mean, it's no Diary of the Wimpy Kid, Roger. No Williams. Diary of the Wimpy Kid, but uh, it might come close. Uh, so I'm a big Adam McKay fan, and I was tossing up between his two films of this decade that I remember, um, Vice and... Uh, the big short vice was kind of got mixed reviews, but it, I really, really enjoyed it. I thought it was a great deconstruction of um, the American political system and the concept of power and what effect that has on people. But I ended up not going for that. I went for the big short, which is such a a tight kind of movie with such with four distinct characters uh, that it explores and four distinct stories that really show the different perspectives of the uh, housing crisis, which I'm not going to pretend I know anything about because I was, I think, three. Spent too much time (laughs) buying your smashed avocados, didn't you, Will? (laughs) Oh, yeah. You never understand the housing crisis. Um, No, but I think uh, Adam McKay as a director has such an interesting way of portraying his films almost as if they are edited like a documentary uh, within the context of a, a fictional story. Well, fictional. No, it's not fictional. <laughs> it's I've fa- uh, completely factual. lost uh, track of my brain. Uh, it's it's like uh, it's, the, it's a filmmaker yeah. who asked the question: Can I make the fact that these spreadsheets don't add up an exciting film? <laughs> yeah, and he said, "Yes, I can." I yes, and he bats it out of the park. Yeah, <laughs> which which can I say a couple of things? And I might even be uh, crossing over you in a moment, Carl. But. Um, the Big Short is my number one. Oh, wow. My number one film. You've really stolen his thunder there. Oh, yeah. And it's based on a Michael Lewis book. And I have a suspicion, Carl, uh, yes. you've got something about Michael Lewis in... Do we want to dive in there? But it makes sense that that's your number one because you've got an accountancy background and it was kind of putting the whole sort of number crunching into the, into the yeah, focus. Yeah, you do not know how much I love spreadsheets. Yeah, so that makes like sense that that really resonated with you. You're like, you know what? Accountancy is action-packed fun times. It is. It is. We can solve all the mysteries. But do we want to give up our top couple... Or are we are we jumping ahead a little bit? Common, no, he's or? just doing it because it, it was on uh, the film. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think yeah, I think I'll, hold yours. I'll, I'll hold yours. Um, but yeah, just yeah. want to endorse the big short. Yeah. It's a um, that is a film I'd say could have been totally boring or overly complicated. What? And yet, and yet spreadsheets. And mm. I, yet, I reckon that had more heart than a lot of the films on mm. this list. So more heart than Inception. Am I right? <laughs> I didn't say it. You said it, Rick. <laughs> Um, I can really feel the family tensions bubbling right. over this podcast. In the, I don't know, in Dad. The... This might be a discussion we have later. Yeah, it sounds like it. Uh, throw another... Um, number five, Colin. Throw us another uh, film. Uh, number five, What We Do in the Shadows. Oh, Colin, you took my number one. Oh! oh isn't that weird? You two are trading what are we blows doing now? here? Yeah. Colin, I'm a bit worried he, about... He doesn't even have a ranking list. I know, yet. but What We Do in the Shadows is my number one. It's your number one. I reckon well, you should talk about it. You talk about it then. Why, why is it... Number one, it's, it's it's amazing. They've got New Zealand accents. Case closed. Oh, just um, for me, it's the funniest film of the day. I think it, it's funny. That's all I can really say. It's just such 
Taika Waititi is so... I, I can't, like, break this down. It's just a really, really funny movie. And and Jermaine Clement. Jermaine Clement's so hysterical. Um, Reese Darby, the other actors in it. Um, it's the a, silence is deafening. Werewolves, not swearwolves. That's just classic. so many quotable lines. <laughs> classic. Like, Have you guys uh, been watching Wellington Paranormal? No. It's very it's much in the off, same yeah. vein. Uh, it's a series. You can catch it on SBS On Demand. Shout out to SBS. Uh, if you liked uh, that film, you'll definitely like Wellington Paranormal. There you go. I said it. Love it. it. Love it. Fantastic. Just a, just a community service announcement. <laughs> Number five for me, I think uh, this is uh, on the list partly because of your presence, Colin. Oh, this this oh. is the ultimate executive coaching film. <laughs> The King's Speech. The King's Speech, yes. <laughs> Out of all the executive coaching movies Except- that there are, this is the cream of the crop. <laughs> Except, Amanda, I've just got to have to do one quick check-in. Jeffrey Rush, cancelled? Uh, we don't know. Tentatively cancelled. Tentatively cancelled. He's on hold. Thank thank goodness. You can continue, I'll Carl. continue. Hold but, um, both, though. Big thumbs up. We've got, we've got thumbs up for Colin there. But again, the two of them together, um, if you want to see a great film with, again, two white middle-aged guys just you know, riffing oh, off the trailer, <laughs> we can't get enough of those. Um, it's a, it is, I think it's a great I think, film. Yeah, I think it's, it's a great, great film. And again, to you know, issues of leadership and voice and so on, it's actually quite a deep, uh, a deep one too. Yeah, and it is. Mm. It, it, I know it's you know counselling, but it's. Mm. I think it's a more of a coaching mm, relationship. Yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. very much so. It's great. It's a rollicking comedy that we can all get on board. Mm. Uh, Will throw one at us. Um, I thought I'd chuck an animated film on the list. Um, I'm really into fine art. I'm doing an animation course, so animation is something that I'm really interested in and something that I really uh, notice um, in films. And I thought. Probably not, you know, the movie with the most, like, interesting art direction out of all the animated films I saw in these 10 years is an incredibly recent film, and that's Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Yep. Um, I'm also a big fan of comics, and I thought the way that they were able to take that art style and turn it into something completely new and completely something that we've never seen before with the... um little imperfections in the animation that recreate like the printing mistakes that you might find in an early 60s comic book uh, is just something so um, incredible. And even the narrative can pull you through, but the narrative wouldn't even have to be engaging um, because the animation is so quality and yet they go that extra mile and they tell a really heartfelt story with some really um, interesting characters. But You've gotten, uh, You've gotten quite emotional about I this. Know, film. Yeah. I can tell. It's really had a shed a tear or two John at the Mulaney end. As a, as John Mulaney as a pig. pig. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. a pig. Spo- yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Nick if you had told me that, and Nick Cage, and you had told me that, I would say this movie is going to be crap, but it's definitely not. Well, yeah. that's your that's your that's your low bar. <laughs> that's yeah. right. Well, do you... John Mulaney as a pig? I'm out. No, but <laughs> but it's a pig Spider Man. Like it just that's kind of I. That's a selling point for me. That's a selling point. Yes, that's all you need on the poster, and I'm there. John Mulaney, pig Spider-Man. Carl, uh, have you seen that film? I don't think so, no. no. Um, it's a classic one to see in the cinema as well. All right. Yeah. Mm. We need to keep a rolicking through this list. Uh, so we're up we're to in the top five four. now, aren't we? Four. Four. I think four. We're up to, yeah. What's number four on your list? So uh, just to say that I could almost equate these. In fact, I'm now down to three because the big short's already been covered. Yeah, these one, three Will. almost <laughs> are equals. But uh, at number four, I had Animal Kingdom. Oh, oh Colin, come on. What? Always taking my thunder. Oh, you're, it's on there too. Oh yeah. It's like you're related. Yeah, that's right. What an amazing film though. Yeah, incredible I film. I love that film. Now, uh, if, I'd, if I'd 
been thinking clearly I might have put that on my list too. Actually. Yeah, and it was 2010. And the yeah. other, and the interesting thing, of course, is that the amazing performance from Jackie Weaver in that film yes. led to her getting the role in Silver Linings Playbook, which That's is on my right. list. So there you go. That's right. Oh, it's all intertwined. It's all intertwined. It's a dream within a dream, Inception style. <laughs> and I watched it uh, during my free periods at school, and usually that means to me leads to me not really concentrating on the movie, but it pulled me in, and I was like, yeah. I can't even watch this in the yeah. school library with the librarians watching over. I had to go home and then uh, watch it in the comfort of my own bed just mm. so I could get really emotionally uh, invested. Yeah, and as a result, he failed his exams. But I know, it. but it was yeah, completely worth it, it. yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, probably not much more to say other than just, uh, well, maybe a shout out to Australian filmmaking. Mm. Uh, it's a little disappointing. Mad Max, yes, Animal Kingdom. Mm. Um, and come on, what we do in the shadows is what basically... What we do in New Zealand, it would be nice to have more... Comes under the blanket term under the Australia. Next de- decade. In, in the fact that it's something good that came out of New Zealand, so we will claim it as our own. Yeah, <laughs> which is very typical. But again, Ben Mendelsohn in that film was extraordinary. Ben Mendelsohn, yeah. I rate... Hasn't he written it? He's written the, the, the yeah. zeitgeist to he, fame and fortune. Yeah. He's just every bad guy in every film now. That's great. My two favourite Australian actors are Ben Mendelsohn and Tony Collette. So Wow. Didn't know we were ranking actors as well. Sure, you love a ranking. We could do that. Uh, Carl, uh, number four. My next one's a, a, a sort of the blockbuster, I suppose, but I just loved it every minute of it, which is Bohemian Rhapsody. Wow. And, the story uh, of Freddie Mercury and Queen. And Queen. Just a, just a great film, great story. The final, again, 12 minutes, perfect replica of the Live Aid um, mm. performance. It was just a wonderful... It was a rollicking good time. It was an uplifting film, I thought. Yeah. Mm. It was an enjoyable watch. Mm. Will? Uh, I reckon I went with Animal Kingdom. so That makes sense. That All makes right, sense. Colin, give us number three. I was just going to say something about Carl's response. I saw the Elton John one. and Rocket I, Man? Rocket Man. Yeah. And I enjoyed that more. Oh, that's yeah. right. You did. Yeah. I remember you telling Rocket us Man that. Was amazing. Over, over yeah, one it was a surprise musical. <laughs> uh, number three, a bit like uh, Will needing to have Quentin Tarantino on the list, and I don't. But I had to have the Coen brothers on the list. So Inside Lewin Davis. Mm. So Inside Lewin Davis, <clears throat> for me, along with the film Amadeus, which came out of the 80s, I think. Yep. Uh, Number is, two on Carl's list. That's right. <laughs> uh, Inside Lewin da- Davis, I reckon, is the best film about a creative pursuit when you have genuine talent, but you don't have that star factor. Mm. So, um, and that's portrayed in Amadeus as well. Does so that it's amazing. It's a story of my life. Yeah, it's a story of, oh, and there's something about it, isn't it? You, you see talented people working hard and they are ultimately trumped by someone who's like Bob Dylan or Amadeus Mozart, who are geniuses and uh, mm. getting the timing wrong. Okay, quick side uh, sidebar, sidebar here. Sidebar. So I remember once uh, when Rick and his uh, improvisation troupe were performing once at uh, at NAB, yes, where I was working, and uh, it adds up. Rick, uh, the, t- the other two lads were sitting there with Colin, mm. and you're a little bit late, Rick. The classic. And I walked up and I said, I think I was paying the bill that day actually. Yeah. So I walked up and I said, oh, everything okay? And I said, no, I said oh, Rick's not here. I said, but he's the talented one. <laughs> <laughs> And they all shed a tear. They did. But they also saw the truth in it. They, they understand. The other lads were not happy with that uh, characterization of... No, we all sat down and watched Lewin Davis. Yeah, I think so. But I will put that on my CV. <laughs> um, number three for me. Now, I guess growing up, uh, watching movies from the 70s, 80s, 90s, uh, there were a lot of, a lot of New York films. Kramer vs. Kramer, Tootsie, mm. Wall Street, um, Harry oh, Met Sally. Seinfeld. Anyway. Yeah. 
But I hadn't seen that many about Los Angeles, and uh, so I've got number three is La La Land, which is a bit of a pay Ooh, into that. Oh, people, Dad. You know what? I love that film. Uh, I love it too, and I'm wondering why it's not on my I was going to say, I, I couldn't believe it. Was a bit like, I was going to say, a bit I thought like, it was there, yeah. but it's not. Some people were not on board. Yeah. You were either on board that film or not on board. I'm so on board. Yeah, and people who are on board are totally so on, board. on board. I was on board that one. Yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. I had a little gag there, actually. I was going to say, like, Will needs Tarantino on his list. I needed Emma Stone on mine. So. <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Will? Um, now, I'm big into horror movies. Hello. And I was tossing up which horror movie I thought I was going to go with for the list. Um, it Follows, I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that was really scary, but I thought I would go for a movie that Dad doesn't even like. Wow. But really I thought this the was the best choice of the best horror movie from the decade uh, because it was a deconstruction of the genre. Um, and I went with Cabin in the Woods. Yeah. Mm. Joss Whedon? Um, Joss Whedon wrote it. Also on hold, I think. Possibly on the verge of cancel. I'm not sure. Mm. Uh, he... <laughs> It takes the classic Amanda's formula. Amanda's online. She's just checking. <laughs> she wants to make sure. Uh, Kevin in the Woods. Uh, it takes these five character archetypes that you find in most horror films and it really um, finds a way to flip it on its head and uh, makes you uh, think about those kind of um, cliches that we get into in not only just the horror genre, but just every genre. Uh, you know, you have the classic stoner comedic relief character, which is usually first to die, just... Uh, one note and it actually gives it makes that almost the heroic figure uh, which I thought was interesting of course with the creative design of all the monsters and just the concept um, which if you haven't seen it 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 takes a massive twist spoilers Uh, spoilers, I'll keep it uh, clear but um, you know it's a really uh, I you know at risk of sounding pretentious, I think it's no, a really deep. smart film in the way that it deconstructs our relationship with the media that we consume in that oh, we get wow. so uh, I caught up in... I never knew that's what I was watching. That is the most pretentious <laughs> thing I've <laughs> ever heard. You've reset the bar of pretension. No, that makes sense. Like, you're speaking truth. Yeah. yeah. Um, beautiful. Beautifully said, um, but tone it down a bit. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, what are we up to? Number is it number two? It's number two on the list. Yeah, and I suspect come on, come it's on, Cole. Carl's number one, um, and possibly be. may even be on your list. Will the Social Network? So, two thousand and ten, David Fincher mm. from an Aaron Sorkin screenplay, and uh, maybe for maybe again a lot of males of our generation. That is the dream team: David Fincher and Aaron Sorkin. Mm. Um, and it's a story of when the Facebook became Facebook. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much how Masterpiece, it's beautifully written film, uh, has a couple of my heroes in it, including Justin Timberlake, I yeah, might point out. Yeah. An incredible performance. Could have and should have been my number one. It's my num- it, my it number is one. my number one. But, uh, my, but my number two is also a Sorkin script, uh, Moneyball. Moneyball. Off, off the Michael Lewis book, as you, as you note. And again, for similar reasons, just so perfectly written and... Uh, quotable and uh, beautifully acted and a gentle film in some ways but a deep film as well yeah Moneyball was another one where they it's almost like they they were dead to try to make that side of the sport interesting and uh, entertaining it's like what if we took the statistical side of baseball and uh, really p- put a spotlight on it? Yeah, Will that right. work? They're yeah. like, yeah, if you throw Brad Pitt in, Brad probably. Pitt, yeah. <laughs> we'll give it a run. Give him some good lines and it'll, it'll come good. So, yeah, Moneyball was my number two. Um, awesome. We are rocketing through. Um, Very quickly, there's a 
big push to remake the social network now, decade down the track with everything that's happened in social media and Facebook. Really? When you say remake, do you mean like a sequel? Oh, sorry, a sequel. Yeah, sequel. sequel. Re- not a remake, I should say, but just to kind of revisit yep. those characters 10 years down the track. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, if you can get uh, Fincher and Sorkin on, then it might work. Mm-hmm. Hashtag Forkin. Um, uh, I thought I'd uh, chuck a bit of uh, Shane Black on the list and uh, go with uh, The Nice Guys, oh, yeah. which Great I think film. is just such a fun movie and such a great dynamic between the two lead characters um starring one of your schoolmates it is starring one of my schoolmates <laughs> your, your school alumni yeah and um she is incredibly good in it as well um and Gary Ross. you know i just know like i watched the movie without even knowing that she went to my school and i was like bruh she's pretty good <laughs> and then uh I... off topic that was off topic <laughs> um uh she uh the movie uh, Ryan, it was the first time I kind of noticed uh, Ryan Gosling as um, a genuinely like charismatic and um, good good actor uh, and great singer from La La Land. Great dancer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did you see another film uh, that, that wasn't that that uh, Driver? That film, The Driver. Drive. Drive. Yeah. I was, yeah, I was yeah. Drive. I was thinking of having that on the list, even, but it was. Mm-hmm. I didn't quite get there. But gee, that was her. So well, it was in the right decade, so you probably could have <laughs> squeezed it in. It's actually dark enough to be on Collins' list. <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> I just thought, you know, it's, you know, again, like not a movie with a lot of depth, not a movie with like a really, um, you know, out of the, like a really interesting plot, but just that dynamic between the characters is so like perfectly done and um, just such an enjoyable movie that I can watch it at any time and no matter how many times I see it, it's, it's enjoyable and that's really what you want from a film. And I think out of most of the movies on the list, that's the one that does it the best it's mm. a testament uh, to a film if I can wa- if, if I can stand watching Russell Crowe it's a good film because normally he's just like a like I just can't I can't stomach Russell Crowe in general but there are films where he pops up and I'm like that film worked even with Russell Crowe mm. well done yeah. uh, and that was one of those ones mm. I think when he plays broken uh, sort of and almost as a foil to Ryan Gosling yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. those broken yeah. policemen he does well like in yeah, LA Confidential and uh, in those yeah. guys is that your number two yeah and your number Although one? We, number one was already spoiled. Bad. Yeah, you, you took it. Oh, yes, what of we, course. What we do in the shadows. What we do. So you didn't have Social Network in your top ten? Oh, just missed it. Just missed Honorable it. mention. Are there any films on the list uh, that people have not got out of their system? Because we are almost yeah. out of time so for I've, this portion. I, I'm Social Network. And I'm on your, you've got Big Short at number one too, Colin. Yeah. So I think everyone yeah. everyone has mentioned every film on their list. Oh, can I? There was a few that... I so wanted to be in there. La La Land should have been in there. Yep. A Star is Born, Between Two Ferns, which is a really crappy movie, but I just love mm-hmm. the concept. Call Me By Your Name, Under the Skin, which I reckon that's the best horror film of the year, of the decade. Mm-hmm. Uh, and apparently this is a film, OJ Made in America. Six hours oh, of nice. documentary that's mm. incredible. 50-50? 50-50. Uh, there's some good. Um, there's a, I think it's with any list. There's going to be debate. Um, I think there was some great films in there. For what it's worth, I didn't get to do a list. Uh, no one told me that we we're doing lists. I'm just here to facilitate your list. But uh, the only ones that I would like to throw out there uh, that could have been on the list um, in terms of horror films, I thought Get Out was pretty great. Oh, yeah. Uh, and the only other film that I think it's a shame that it didn't make it on anyone's list. I think we were dancing around, and I'm not joking here. 
The original Frozen film yeah. is uh, one of the greatest films uh, I think uh, I've seen. Uh, and it's topical because the, the sequel just came out, which is not as good as the first one. Uh, but when I first saw Frozen, I tell you, that uh, it, it changed my life. Yeah, and men have really different opinions to women. Can I do my top ten real quick? This is Please. Amanda Buckley. All right. Where was Bridesmaids? Don't watch it twice, but the first time you watch it, you'll wet yourself. I went into labour. Baby Driver, amazing. Hunt for the Wilder Baby People. Baby Driver, yeah. That Hunt was for the Wilder People. Come on, Toy Story three. Try not to cry. I dare you. Captain Marvel, twenty times better than Wonder Woman. The Grand Budapest, Budapest Hotel, amazing. Argo, yeah. Three Billboards. Ooh. Thor Ragnarok. Three Billboards. Three billboards. Yeah. yeah. Should have been on your list. Yeah. La- Lady Bird. That was good. Lady Bird. No, no. Hunt for the Wilder People. Buckley out. That was pretty good. Hunt for the Wilder People. That is. And Amanda, do you think that's a gendered thing? Yes. <laughs> women, and, women and men have very different points of views. I do notice that Frozen wasn't on your list either. I don't know what's going on with Frozen. I, Toy Story Under- th- I went one animation. Yeah, all right, all right. Underrated. I went Rogue One, come on. <laughs> come on. I only um, saw ten, 10 films <laughs> this century. <laughs> no Michael Mann films, I don't think, on anyone's list. Come on, that, that won't appease uh, our friend Bill. Bill, and, uh, Bill Simmons, yeah, that's right. No references no. to Heat or Collateral. No, or, no. Hasn't made a good film for a long time, I don't Yeah, think. fair point. That's right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's some really good ones on your list, Amanda. And that's not condescending. Speaking to the microphone, Colin. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, there you go. <laughs> We've lost the plot. Nothing says not condescending like saying, and that's not condescending. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I don't want to patronise you here. It was a nice, li- it was a nice little list. <laughs> Uh, beautiful well that's uh we've 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 got some other people in the room any other shout outs last chance yeah um i tanya is one of the best films and i'm it's new but i'll put marriage story is also incredible i got to see it oh you got to see it that's coming out this friday netflix well 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 and last chance Zootopia. Oh, I love Zootopia. (laughs) The sloth. Is that the sloth one? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's so good. There we go. No, they're all great. Yeah, we've nailed it. We've name-checked every good film of the last decade and some from the previous decade. Yes. Uh, Good job. Thank you all uh, for participating in this uh, clearly, you know, definitive list. Um, (laughs) Perfect. Perfect. Uh, Thanks, everyone. It's... Cole back again. Leadership of films, um, I reckon, is still remains a really good idea. Mainly, your mate Carl is one hundred percent behind it. He's right here, and yeah, he's, he's ready right to yeah, he's yeah, ready I'm, to just get, get some momentum. I'm still, uh, I'm still very, very much pro leadership of uh, leadership of films. Yeah, so uh, there's a lot of people out there that learn in very, very different ways, and uh, reading books and listening to podcasts and watching a film is accessing leadership from three different angles. And Hmm. why wouldn't we uh, continue to put the visual mechanism of storytelling out there? So um, just for the next 10 minutes or so, I'm so committed to making this a reality in 2020 because it's been a backdrop dream for the last couple of years. Hmm. Uh, And, but I'm not, Still not quite sure in what format and how. You're so committed. You've allocated ten minutes of chat time, and that's commit. That <laughs> that's is commitment. That's com- that's the sort of commitment we can all get behind. That's commitment. <laughs> Carl, you might remember this, but you mentioned a couple of things to me. You said leadership uh, quotes from movies is a really yeah, yeah. powerful yep. hook, and the other thing I think you said is you can almost start to build maybe even leadership archetypes mm. 
from those respective yeah, films? I think so. And I was thinking through, as I went through my list, I must admit, I, I did a little bit of the list um, with that mindset. So as I was going through and saying, what are my top 10? Part of it was about uh, films that I thought had pretty strong leadership components to them. And obviously the social network uh, and, and in fact, Moneyball, my top two, just so happened to be um, films which are very much about leadership in the broader sense. And the interesting thing when I really thought about them was, particularly Moneyball, um, if you think about the role of Billy Bean or the Brad Pitt character, when I think about my leadership style, is, is it okay? I'm going yeah, deep. Yeah. Is it cool? Yeah, yeah. yeah, my leadership style is very much uh, what, what sometimes known as adaptive leadership. Um, it's, it's a leadership through getting the best out of people, identifying purpose in yourself and your staff, um, working with what you've got a little bit, identifying scenarios that need interventions, and then building up the up the team. Uh, the opposite to that is what you might call technical leadership, which is more of the leader as hero. Yeah. Um, you know, with which a lot of films would have that. Basis. Yeah, well, that's the interesting thing. So, you know, technical leader as hero, um, mastery, sort of aggressive, more typical alpha male sort of leadership style. And, and in Moneyball, which I love as a film, you know, Billy Bean, his character, and the character of Billy Bean found a, a situation which required genuine change and, and leadership and disruptive leadership. And he absolutely chose technical leadership, not, not um, adaptive leadership to do that. And he was sort of very harsh with his existing team. He put himself up as the sort of the know-all, yeah. uh, pushed through a process without any consultation, sacked a couple of people. And although it's a fantastic film and it's a fascinating character, and when I really reflected on it, I thought, actually, that's the exact opposite of how I would have approached that same situation. Um, and as, as a sort of a leadership, as a lesson in leadership, sort of, you know, pros and cons. Ultimately, they didn't win the World Series. And I think he never did after that either. Um, I found it a really interesting thing that, that in this sort of forum, you know, we could talk about that film, how much we love it, the beautiful scripting and a lot of the quotes and so on. But there's a lot of, there's a big deep dive we could do on that particular one, just one of the films, um, just matching those sort of technical versus adaptive approaches. And then on, on, on the rest of my list, and this is typical for a lot of movies, there's a lot of issues around sort of authenticity of purpose and making that choice between you know what you do for a living, how much of it is what you should do to um, you know, earn money and, and do noble work, versus what you should do when you're pursuing what you believe your purpose to be. And again, something like La La Land really picks up that theme very strongly. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you know, incredibly right. well, and even even with the alternate endings and so on. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's a, it's a fascinating study in sort of purpose and creative purpose. Obviously, there's a jazz musician and so on. So I thought my my view is that we could go through some of these films. Um, with that mindset, and, and they're sort of my sort of um, uh, big sort of uh, categorizations of leadership, the technical versus adaptive, and then the sort of authentic purpose versus, you know, search for money sort of thing in terms yeah. of career and, yeah. and, and what drives people in their working lives. So that, that was my perspective that on, makes, the, on, on, on it. And I think all the things, a lot of the ones we've spoken about have, have those themes in them. Amanda, Rick, uh, I reckon one of the reasons why this has legs is because of the power of story. Mm. Uh, and how, in effect, you kind of alluded to the story of hero, the hero's journey mm. or overcoming adversity or, mm. or uh, conflict, internal conflict, external conflict. So that's one of the reasons why I think it has legs. What's oh, your yeah. sense? And if you really think of some of, the, some of those stories that um, make amazing films, the stories are based on real events mm. and or someone's, whoever's written the script or written the book that becomes the movie, they're usually basing it on characters and people they know, so they've got a relationship or, or investment anyway. So, for sure, it's 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 entirely based on 
those those truly beautiful moments in film that represent either the worst in, and best in humanity yeah. um, are always tied up to something more real. Um, yeah. yeah, for sure. People like talking about films. Yeah. They do. Case closed. Yeah, mm. I Full think, stop. I think that's right. That's part of it too. Everybody still gets up on a table and says, "My captain, my captain, oh captain." They <laughs> do. I think the one everyone. thing. Everyone. Everyone. I'm doing it right now. Yeah. Get off the table, Rick. Rick, I reckon the only the thing that you keep on hooking me back into, and, and I reckon you're 100 percent right, is we would take one film and we would examine it in enough depth to draw out I think individual meaning. Yeah, I think that's right, Colin. And yeah. even uh, and I, I suspect that. Um, over the journey of the year or, or, or more, once we once we get go deep on a film in one week, that film becomes part of our dialogue and library for the future as well. We can reference back to it yeah, cool. in the same way that uh, our hero Bill Simmons constantly refers back to Heat and Michael Mann. Yeah, that's right. In, ev- in every right. podcast he ever does. The beautiful thing about um, films as well, and I mean, I, you couldn't have seen our faces, but we were all behind you either nodding or very passionately shaking our heads with your opinions <laughs> because we all have such personal like personal opinions about films. So wouldn't it be wonderful to see what comes out of someone who loves the film and someone who dislikes the film and finding out the reasons why. I enjoyed the 500 Days of Summer when I first watched it and then I watched it another time and hated it. Like I just mm. am so angry at all of the characters in them in it, their choices, their decisions, the fact that we were led to believe that pixie girls exist mm. and that that's the ideal. I hate I like just ugh, I ha- it's so frustrating. So if we yeah, were to sit no, and t- I, I if I was right to Amanda, watch it yeah. again, oh, yeah. I love it with the so, idea of taking notes and mm-hmm. going, okay. So there's why, a real risk why? for us, isn't it? There, yeah, and I know that maybe played out a bit then, if we're all sharing the same perspective on it. So yeah. having very strong counter views, it's exciting because then it exciting. would be lovely to yeah. find out. Well, what do you like about it? Oh, okay. Yeah. In mm. the same way of going, oh, well, this affected me. And if you heard my uh, headphones fall off again, it's because I have really clean, shiny hair once again. <laughs> <laughs> These it's, headphones always fall off. So silky smooth. Oh, well, I'm happy. I'm happy. Is there anything else, Carl, Rick, Amanda? No, no, I think that's right. But I think, I think, uh, I think it's your initial um, drive, Colin. It should be also about make sure we have it as about you know, leadership and the yeah. sort of things that experiences that we've all had. Um, you know, in either corporate life or startup life or whatever that might be. Yeah. I think because there's lots of film podcasts, obviously. Yes, yeah, we have to sort of anchor it around your yes. your mission in life, which is which is leadership. Yeah, that's right. And there are no currently film and leadership podcasts. Hey, and holding the market. At least as, it wasn't an hour as ago. As I throw it out there, and that's right, Carl. Can you get on to trademarking this very quickly? All right. Judging by the tensions that exist between you and your son, he might have left to start a film leadership podcast. He was in a hurry. Yeah. He was in he a was hurry. In a hurry. That's right. <laughs> uh, I'm probably going to have to listen to it again and to learn a few things, aren't I? Yes. You're fine. You're and fine. just really quickly, Amanda, which did you shake your head most, not nod, but shake your head most strongly at? Um, I think uh, I, I very, like, I have such passionate views about 500 Days of Summer, <laughs> but I can't remember the, um, the the other women in the room. I can't remember which one it was, but we all looked at each other and shook our heads. <laughs> I wish I could remember what it was, but... Um, really blokey, was it? I don't know. It might have been. Yeah. Oh, you've got them all listed. I think it could have been the second mention mention of Casey Affleck. It yeah. could have been that. that we just were looking at each other. It's problematic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That's, that's the third and fourth time we've mentioned his name. <laughs> He's going to be trending for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thanks, everyone.